Welcome to the Modern Math Teacher Podcast, the podcast that will help you use today's best teaching strategies to ignite and excite your students in math class and maybe even make it the best part of their day. Hey, I'm Kristen Moore, a longtime believer that math is so much more than just solving fracks. I went from teaching straight from a textbook to implementing project-based learning and boosting student engagement in my class each and every day along the way. I'm here to give you the PD you need to successfully do the same with your students. Are you up for it? Let's do this. Hey there, Modern Math Teacher fam. Today we're diving into a podcast episode that's all about mastery-based learning and how you can implement it in your classroom, even if you've got a traditional gradebook reporting system like I do. I'll share all the strategies and solutions you need and let you in on what my gradebook setup is. So grab your favorite beverage, get comfy, and let's get to it. In this episode, we're unlocking the secrets of mastery-based learning, a game-changing approach to education, and how we can use that in a traditional setting. Imagine a classroom where grades take a backseat, and it's really all about mastering the subject. That's the essence of mastery-based learning. It's like a customized learning journey for each student. Mastery-based learning isn't about rushing through the curriculum. It's about ensuring every student has a rock-solid foundation. So it's time to ditch the grades, which really just demonstrate compliance and prioritize some real understanding. Now, traditional gradebook scales have been around forever, from way back in the day when we used to record them in our gradebook by hand. But they're not always the best fit for a mastery-based classroom. Let's break down their limitations and why we need to rethink them. So the first limitation I want to cover is the fact that gradebooks provide an incomplete picture. Traditional grades often boil down to a single letter or percentage, but they rarely tell the full story. Imagine a student who struggled at the beginning of the semester, maybe solving equations, but they made significant progress later. A traditional grade might not capture their growth accurately. So to address this, consider using a more holistic approach to assessment. Embrace a system that values not just the final result, but the journey of improvement. Narrative feedback is one powerful tool in your arsenal, and it allows you to communicate precisely where a student shines and where they can improve, giving them a roadmap for success. You've maybe seen something like the one-point or single-point rubric that enables you to do this really easily. If you haven't, I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. The second limitation I want to talk about is the fact that traditional grades create a competitive atmosphere. Traditional grading systems can inadvertently create a competitive atmosphere where students feel pitted against one another. This can stifle collaboration and the willingness to take risks as everyone is chasing that elusive A. So in a mastery-based classroom, it's essential to foster a cooperative environment where students support one another in their learning journey. Hybrid grading systems offer this middle ground. You can still assign grades based on mastery, while factoring in other elements like participation and effort, but putting those at, say, a 0%. This reduces the race for the top mentality and encourages a focus on personal growth and demonstration of competency of the actual skills you're assessing. Now that we have looked at some of the limitations, let's explore some practical strategies for integrating traditional gradebook scales into your mastery-based classroom. Clear expectations are the name of the game. We want to develop rubrics that spell out what mastery looks like at different levels. 
This adds transparency to your grading process and helps students understand what they need to achieve to excel in your classroom. Students should be able to look at a rubric or a problem and see where in that mastery rubric that skill would fall. If you've never created a rubric for yourself, I have a downloadable checklist to guide you through the entire process. Simply go to morethanjustx.com forward slash checklist to get yours today. And I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. Now, rubrics and feedback are a great place to start, but how do we fit it within the confines of the traditional gradebook? We've got to assign percentages to our mastery levels. Is it ideal? Well, no, of course it's not. I would really like a 3.0 to just be a 3.0 and a 4.0 to be a 4.0. But like so many of you, I have limitations with this SIS that my school uses. So I have to convert. In my classroom, my levels begin with level one at 65%. Because remember, level one is below that mastery goal of a level three and two means that they can reach those simpler goals. So if they're having trouble reaching even the simpler goals, they really aligns more with that 65% mentality. So my levels begin at 65% and they increase by 10% for each full level attained up to a 95. Remember, there is a potential for students to demonstrate partial mastery at the next level. So this leaves some wiggle room to add in values like 80% and 90% depending on what you feel comfortable doing. You may also have to consider if your school utilizes category-based weights. In which case, I would strongly encourage you to use your summatives for as high of a percent as possible, 80, 90, or even 100. In my classroom, we use both traditional summative assessments and project-based or application-based assessments. The two of these count towards 90% of a student's grade, and 10% is based on weekly formative assessments. I also want to encourage you to think about the role of feedback in your assessments. Words have power. Instead of relying solely on grades, provide detailed narrative feedback. It's like giving your students a personalized roadmap to success. You can highlight where they shine and areas that they can still conquer. And again, I really enjoy using that single point rubric. I've also been known to make those matrices style ones, and I'll make sure to link ideas for both of those here. The last strategy is to make sure that you have set clear expectations. No more guessing games. It shouldn't be a mystery how students are graded, what they are graded on, or how their grade came to be. Communicate precisely how grades are determined and how they align with your mastery-based goals. When students understand the purpose of the grades, they're more likely to use them as a tool for self-assessment and improvement. I share how I get my students on board with a mastery-based system in episode 10, which I'll make sure to link here so you can go back and check that out. By implementing these strategies, you'll strike a balance between the old and the new, creating a dynamic and effective learning environment. Your classroom will become a place where mastery reigns supreme and every student has the opportunity to shine. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Modern Math Teacher. If you're looking to bring mastery-based practices to your math classroom, make sure you pick up the five secrets to mastering mastery-based math. Say that five times fast, you guys, by heading on over to morethanjustx.com forward slash mastery. Remember, 
there's no limit to what your students can achieve in a mastery-based classroom. Keep innovating, keep inspiring, keep mastering the art of teaching, and as always, keep it real. Thanks for tuning in to find out today's tips and tricks. Continue the conversation and join the movement to boost student engagement and make math more meaningful inside the Modern Math Teachers Movement on Facebook. Till next time, keep it real.